be on our side. Prayer is not about getting God to come closer to us. Prayer is not about getting God to have our perspective on the situation. Prayer is for us to get closer to God, for us to draw nearer to him, for us to get his perspective, and for us to find his will for our lives. So we need to stop trying to change God's mind and start changing our own mind when we pray. And if you go in with the attitude that, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, then that can happen. But if we go into prayer thinking that I'm going to change God's mind, I'm going to move him, I'm going to make him do this. I've listened to a lot of people pray. Some people pray and it sounds like they're fussing at God. You ever hear that? I'm like, man, why are you fussing at God? I want to stop him in the middle and go, time out. You mad? Because the Bible says you can go boldly to the throne room, right? But it doesn't mean you can go there with a lack of respect. Lord, you said you're not your mind. Just going, I'm, time out. I'm too scared to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be bold in prayer. Most of my prayers are kind of like, Lord, would you please? Can I just be real with you this morning? Please, Lord. I'm trying to increase the faith in my prayers and the boldness. So prayer is not about changing God's mind towards us. It's about us changing our mind towards him and getting his vision for what's in front of us. Amen. Because he's perfect and I'm not. Right. Because he's all knowing and I'm barely knowing. Right. Because his will is better than my will. His ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Right? So I want to show you an example from, the, uh, from a guy named Jabez. And I know right now your minds are going to the name it, claim it. Uh, you know, it's the prayer. Oh, pastor, pastor's teaching the prayer, Jabez. Some of you are excited. Oh, the prayer, Jabez. We're going to get a new Cadillac. Teach us how to pray the prayer, Jabez. We get a new house. But I want, to, I want to show you the real side of Jabez's prayer. And I want to start off by telling you something about Jabez. Jabez is, is found in the book of, of First Chronicles, which is a book that chronicles people's lives. There's like 300 names in that book. And Jabez has a, has a, a, a couple of sentences about this big in the whole book of First Chronicles. And his name gets mentioned one time. And it's, he's this big thing. I mean, until I read the story of Jabez, I was like, is that it? I'm like, Really? Because everybody's making this big fuss about Jabez. But in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, it says this. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. He was named Jabez because of pain. <laughs> How many of you like to be named pain? I had a guy that used, to, that used to work for me. His last name was Payne. So when he would start fussing, everybody called him Major Payne, like the movie. Well, sometimes he was a Major Payne. Sometimes I was a Major Payne. But he was named because of pain. Imagine walking around with that. Yo, what's up, Payne? Oh, here comes pain. I mean, how, how, can, how can you be excited with a name Pain? That represents pain. So his name was represented. His name represents pain. In, in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 
It says this, it says, Jabez cried out to God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Did he say, God, take away my pain? What did he say? He said, Lord, bless me. And I know many of you in this room very well. And I know that many of you have been walking for years with pain. I know many of you, the pain that you've carried over all the years, relational, emotional, physical, spiritual, mental pain, whatever kind of pain it's been, you're walking with that pain and you've learned to live with that pain. But I want you to see from Jabez how you deal with that pain. Jabez says, first thing he says off the top is, Lord, would you bless me? Now, I don't know about you, but that just doesn't fit right in my mind. I've got pain, so I say, Lord, bless me. Bless me. I mean, if I get in pain, I'm like, Lord, take the pain. (laughs) Now. That's when I start fussing at God. But he says, he says this, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Why would God grant that request? Because it was a not my will, but your will kind of a prayer. You say, but, but Pastor Jamie, he said, Lord, bless me. Isn't that a my will kind of prayer? Not necessarily. Not if you understand what he meant by blessing. You see, I think that's where we get it confused sometimes. We think, well, Lord, give me a new car. Right? But let's look at this. I want to show you four things that we need that I challenge you to pray for with the next seven days. I'm going to give you four simple things. And I challenge you to pray for him for the next seven days. And let's just see what happens. Can we do that? Number one, we're going to pray for blessing. That's no problem, is it? I didn't see any one of you go, gosh. Nobody's sweating over that one. Let's pray for blessing. Oh, that you would bless me is what Jabez says. Blessing is a supernatural favor because God is on your side. That's what a blessing is. Jabez is actually praying, Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. There's something in here you need to get. He didn't pray, Lord, bless me so that I can get bigger. Bless me so that I can get richer. Bless me so that I can buy a new dress or bless me so that I can do this. And sometimes he does that. Okay. But he didn't pray that way. He said, Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. That was his heart. That's a not my will, but your will kind of prayer. Right? When's the last time you prayed, Lord, give me a raise so I can tithe more. Give me a raise so that I can give more. (laughs) Can I be honest with you? Most of the time I've prayed has been, Lord, give me a raise so I can buy this. Give me a raise so I can afford to live in this. Right? But he's saying, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Psalms 5, Psalms 512 says this, for surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. It's not a blessing for me to keep. It's a blessing for me to pass on. Remember, his name is pain. And pain's praying, Lord, bless me. 
with the attitude so that I can be a blessing to others. You see, sometimes when you're in pain, the best way to deal with it is to move on somebody else. It's to serve somebody else. It's to get away from yourself. Mark can tell you, Mark just had surgery. He's been in pain. Mark knows that to get out of pain or to get his mind off of pain, he needs to do something else. Right? Because we can all sit still and and play poor, poor, pitiful me, can't we? And we can let our pain, (coughs) excuse me, become the greatest thing in our life. Right? And then the, the pain can actually take you on a journey that you never wanted to go on. Your pain can actually make you be poor. But if you'll do something about it, you with me? Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. When I'm being a blessing to others, I'm not thinking about me. Right? I remember being in, in youth in the Baptist church when we were living in Franklin. I had this one teen, and he was troubled. I mean, he was a single, raised by a single mom, and he was bucking, he was rebelling. And he was doing this thing. We had this outreach and we went to this battered women's shelter. And it was an old rundown house that the city gave them. Instead of tearing it down, they gave them this house. <laughs> and so it needed some work done. So, so I brought this teenager with me with a bunch of other teenagers. And I made sure that he came with us. And I watched him that day and he jumped into it. Now, he was mad at his mama. He was mad at life. He was mad at his situation. He was a victim. He was, you know, entitled, all these other things. But he jumped in and started pouring his life out into something else. And it was the greatest day I had seen him in a long time. He was so fired up that at the end of it, he goes, man, can we do this again next weekend? This was the kid that just got busted smoking dope. This is the kid that ran away from home. This is the kid that was giving his mama problems. But when he stepped out of himself, he forgot about his situation. Amen? Amen. Jabez is praying, Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. As a church, when we pray, it's not my will, Lord, but your will. Bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. It comes from the beginning. It's God's heart to bless you. Can I tell you that this morning? It's his heart to pour out his blessings on you. There's no shame in receiving the blessings of God. Hear me. There is no shame in that. I've been embarrassed from receiving God's blessings from time to time. I've actually given some of his blessings back because I was embarrassed. Are you with me? But I know now that when he pours it out on me, it's for me to do something with. I'm not giving it back no more. Amen. I expect God's blessing. Can I tell you that? I really do. I expect it coming around the corner. I expect it when I open this door. I expect it when I wake up in the mornings. I pray for it. Lord bless us. I lay my hands on my kids every night. Lord, bless them. I want to receive the blessings of God. There's no shame in that. And I'm sorry that some preacher told some of you that it's a shame to to be blessed and to have all these great things. I'm sorry for that. But let me tell you something. God wants to bless you. It's his heart to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. It's about time we start getting a little bit of goodness to some people around us. Amen. 
we need to get some goodness to some folks. Well, in order to give somebody some goodness, you got to have some, right? You remember my famous story about being a children's pastor and I, I didn't have any money and I needed to blow, buy some blow pops for him. I said, Lord, I need some money. That was my, my prayer on the way to work. Lord, I need money to buy these kids some blow pops. I parked my car at the job. I get out of the car and I'm walking down the street and there's a $10 bill. That was enough for two packs of blow pops. It might start as a blow pop, but one day you never know what it's going to be. Amen. If you'll just dare to ask, if you'll just dare to, to believe that God will do something like that. Matthew chapter seven says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is a good place for that part to come in. And say, you have not because you ask not. You know, what's funny is, is from time to time I'm talking with people and, and people coming and saying, man, I got an issue with this. I got an issue with that. I'm struggling here. I'm struggling there. If I ask this simple question, well, are you praying about that? Usually their response is no. Are you asking God to heal that? Well, I did. Are you asking him constantly without stopping, without ceasing? Are you with me? We have not because we ask not. See, I believe if we get a, a good understanding of how God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to other people and we ask according to his will and not ours, I believe it's just going to pour out on us. Amen. And then it's our responsibility to be a good steward and pour it out on others. Amen. He prayed, Lord, bless me. So we're going to pray, Lord, bless us. Number two, we're going to pray for influence. Second thing he said was, Lord, enlarge my territory. In other words, enlarge my influence. Now, whether you know it or not, you have influence. Every one of you in here are influencing somebody. Every one of you in here that has children, you're influencing your children. As you go, generally your, your children go. Amen. You're an influence to them. I'm not just my kid's teacher. I'm not just their disciplinarian. I'm not just their, their father. I'm their influencer. I've got influence on my kids. I'll show you a quick story. My son through prayer, I, I realized that he's a catcher. He'll, he'll, the Lord told me, he said he will catch more things from you than you teach him. I'm like, well, that's good. Cause I don't want to teach him. He just gets to pay attention. Well, every Sunday morning, I, to, to not wrinkle my shirt on the way to the church, I wear an undershirt and I hang this one on a hanger and hang it in the car. And when I get to church, and I shouldn't say this, but I, I'm always at the back of my truck. I open up the door and, and change my shirt. It's bad vision, right? <laughs> Pastor Bubba just went, thanks. <laughs> Holy Spirit just left. No, <laughs> the anointing's gone. So this morning, you know, I got my whole routine on Sunday mornings. I got my shirt hanging up in the kitchen so that when I walk out, I don't forget my shirt because I don't want to preach in a T-shirt. And all of you said, amen. amen. You can text me next Sunday morning and say, hey, don't forget your shirt. But this morning I go to hang my shirt and there's another shirt. And I'm like, and it's Ethan's shirt. And he's got an undershirt on. And so I go hang my shirt in the truck. His shirt's hanging in the truck. And I'm like, 
So <laughs> we get out this morning. We get I back my truck in. I'm kind of in the corner. And I, I open up two doors, make sure nobody sees me. And I, I got my shirt off. And Ethan opens the other door. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I've got to put my shirt on. I'm like, dude, you're cramping my style. <laughs> But I'm influencing him even when I'm not trying. I never once said you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. I'm an influence. And can I tell you something? You are an influence to the people that you live with. The people that you do life with, you are influencing their life. Just because you don't preach to them doesn't mean that you don't preach to them. Pastor Bubba's always told me, he said, there's four Gospels in the Bible, but there's actually five. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then there's you. Most people don't read the first four, but they always read you. Right? Lord, enlarge my territory. Give me greater influence. Why? So that I can bring more people into your kingdom. So that I can touch more people, Lord. Lord, elevate me so that I can elevate you. Are you with me? Be a good steward of the influence of the relationships that you have now. Know that your words need to be seasoned with salt. Your heart needs to be right. You need to be humble. You need to have a good attitude. When you go to work, you need to honor the boss. You need to work as though you're working for the Lord. How dare you say you're a Christian and you work like a bum? Amen? You're cutting corners. Doing something behind the boss's back every time he turns around. That's not an influence. An influence is when the boss turns his back, you keep going. Because you're really not working for the boss, you're working for the big boss man. And when nobody else is looking, I can guarantee you he's looking. But he gives us influence. And Jabez said, Lord, enlarge my territory. Give me greater influence. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You are an inheritance You are his glorious riches. You're the greatest people on the planet. Amen. Amen. You got more power than you can ever imagine. You've got more good stuff in your hands than you've ever known. If we'll just believe that we can reach this region, we can take this state, take the nation and then take the world. Then we can get the heck out of here. Amen? Amen. Go drive on some riches. Gold streets. Not this old concrete that breaks down all the time. You know, the happiest people in the world are the people that know why they exist. I don't like to use the word happy, but honestly, it's just a word. Happy. The most fulfilled people, the people with the most joy, the people that know why they're here. Like that little teenager, he, he, that, he was created to serve. And when he actually did that, he forgot about his pain. He forgot about his sorrow. He forgot about his things and he had joy. He was happy. He had a great time because he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Amen. 
Ephesians 3.20 says, Not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is, work within, that is at work within us. You're praying to the God that can do more than you can imagine. Come on. Immeasurably. In other words, you can't measure what God can do. You can't put a tape on it because if you could, you could restrict it. You cannot restrict God. Amen. You cannot hold him back. He is unmeasurable. He can do more than you can ever imagine. Lord, enlarge my territory. We're going to pray for the Lord to give us influence. We're going to pray for more influence. Number three, we're going to pray for his presence. Jabez says, Lord, let your hand be with me. Man, let me tell you something. There's an understanding that we, we get the chance to get if we want it. That we cannot do anything outside of Christ. Moses understood it because Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, then I ain't going. Unless you go with us, I ain't going. Why? Because I know that if you're with us, then we can do anything. But if you're not with us, we're limited. Amen? You need to be praying to be in his presence. This has been my mission over the last couple of months is to be in his presence constantly. I want to stay in his presence. I'm tired of this in and out of his presence. I'm tired of doing my thing and then coming over here and trying to get back in his presence. And then come over here and doing my thing out of his presence and trying to go back and get in his presence. I'm tired of that roller coaster. I want to stay here. You with me? I realize more than ever that I'm the most incapable, dumbest being on the planet. Seriously, that's who I am. I'm dumb as a brick. But praise God. I'm glad I'm not walking around thinking I'm smarter than a brick. Because I used to think that way. It's just like men, you used to think you were God's gift to women. Now you just thank God that God gave you a gift of a woman. While you still had time. You're like, Lord, thank you. You finally gave me a gift. I want to be in his presence. Amen. When I go to a grocery store, I want to be in his presence. Right? When I'm on my way to eat a double quarter pounder with cheese, a large fry, and a large Coke. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be in his presence. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, just hang tight. <laughs> Stay right there. I'll pick you up in a minute. I want to be in his presence. So I'm praying for that. Can I just tell you, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I mean, listen, you have not because you ask not. You want a great marriage? Pray for one. Pray. How long do I pray? Till you get it. And when you think you got it, keep praying because you ain't got it. Zechariah 4, 6 says this, and this has become one of my, my favorite verses. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who said it? The Lord of hosts. Whose spirit? His, not mine. 
You see, I realize that I'm nothing without Christ. I'm a big guy. I'm strong. I, I really used to be strong. I'm not that strong anymore, but I was strong as an ox. I could make things happen. If things weren't going my way, I could make it happen. If my truck got stuck, I could push it out myself. At least I thought I could. I was strong. And can I tell you, I've spent most of my life killing myself trying to make things happen. And here I am pushing 40 years old and realizing not by might nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm like, dang it. Why I couldn't have learned that when I was young. I'm sure somebody told me I just wasn't listening. I might would have a good back today if I don't just listen. Hey, you come help me move this furniture? No, not by might, not by strength, <laughs> but by my spirit. I'll pray for you to move that furniture. <laughs> but by my spirit. You see, that's what, that's what the, the guys in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, knew. It's not me. David knew that. It's not me. It's really not me. It's him. It's his spirit. And if he don't go with me, I ain't going. Acts eleven twenty one says the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. His presence is his power. I'll say it again. His presence is his power. Second Corinthians three, five to six says not that we are are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. My flesh kills. Let me be honest with you. I've probably done more damage in the kingdom than I've ever done good. I've been the rudest Christian you've ever wanted to meet. Pastor Bubba's been kicking my tail for 15 years and he ain't done yet. By my spirit, the spirit gives life. The power of God gives life. The question is, are you giving life wherever you go? Are you breathing life into people? Are you going to Pizza Hut and the little girl behind the counter is having a hard day? And are you there and are you breathing life into her? Sometimes it's just with the look of your face. Hey, how you doing? Not, where's my pizza? Right? So we're going to pray for blessings so that we can be a blessing to others. We're going to pray for influence so that we can reach the kingdom and build God's kingdom and have a greater influence. We're going to pray for his presence so that we can stay in his presence so that we can walk in the power of God. So that we can, we can have all these encounters that we long for. You see, if you get bored in Christianity, I, I got a question. Are you in his presence? Are you praying? Because God's not a boring God. Amen. I've been on some crazy adventures and didn't even plan them. Me and Pastor Bubba got in a wreck one day. Right in front of a funeral home. And a couple minutes later, we're over there with the cop and the, the son's acting like he's broken down and beat up because, and we just bumped him. And before you know it, I'm talking with the cop. I'm, ta- I'm looking at the mom I'm, and I'm just kind of realizing what's going on here. And I look over, Pastor Bubba's in the car laying hands on the guy. 
And I think he gave his life to Christ, prayed for healing. I'm going, this is cool. I was like, I'm glad I got rained out of work that day because I, I was able to experience that. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying you need to have a, a bumper bump in ministry. That you go wreck into people so that you can pray for them. But what I'm saying is that when you're in the presence of God, he sets you up to meet people. Right? He schedules your day to run into people. And if you're walking in the presence and you're knowing that it's his will and not my will, you won't miss those opportunities. Amen. Every relationship is an opportunity to share the love of God, to pass on the goodness of God, to breathe life into somebody. So what does that mean? That means we need to quit running from people that we can't stand being around. And we need to be around them and breathe some life into them. Amen. So we're going to pray for all that. We're going to pray for blessing. We're going to pray for, for uh, enlarged influence. We're going to pray for his presence. And then let me tell you the last thing we're going to pray for. And we have to pray for this one is we're going to pray for his protection. Cause I want to tell you today, there's a real enemy and he really wants to kill, steal and destroy your life. And he's mad because he couldn't stop you from, from sealing the deal on eternity. He couldn't stop you from making it to eternity when Jesus comes back. So he's going to do everything he can to make your life miserable while you're on this planet. We need protection. We need to pray for protection. Amen. You need to pray over your kids for protection. Pray over your wife. Men, are you praying for your wife every day? Are you in the morning laying your hands on your wife with good intentions? And saying, Lord, I pray you protect my wife as I leave this house today. Protect my house. Protect me. Protect my kids. Are you praying for protection? And are you allowing him to protect you? You see, we all need the Lord to protect us. First Peter 5, 7 says this. 5, 8 says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, we got a lot of bad snakes around here in the South. We got copperheads. We've got cotton mouths. Uh, um, Sean says we got cobras and vipers. That's what every snake is called. He sees a grass snake. It's a viper, you know, right? It, exactly. But we've got all these, these bad snakes, you know, and all this stuff. But do you run into a snake every day? The enemy is like a roaring lion. You might not face him today, but you're going to face him. Are you with me? I don't want you to be so scared that you live in this life of, of fear that the enemy's coming to get you and you, you squelch back. Are you with me? I want you just to know, have a clear understanding. There's a real devil. He's walking around like a roaring lion trying to find somebody to devour. And it may not be you, but it may be the person that you run into today. And here you come just tumbling along in the spirit of God. With a sword. Right? And you get to kill the devil for somebody else. I thank God for the times that people have come with a sword in my life. Psalms 3, 1 to 3 says, O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you are my shield around me. 
Oh, Lord, you bestow glory on me and lift up my head. That's a good butt in the Bible. You, oh God, are my shield. You deliver me. You're my strong tower. Sometimes I pray that. Sometimes I say that out loud to remind myself of who he is. Are you with me? I talk to myself. I try not to answer. But I talk to myself because sometimes I just need to hear what God is and who he is. Matthew 6.13 says this, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you pray all these other things, you're going to need to pray that one part. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Lord, I want you to bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Lord, I want you to increase my influence because I want to be a good, I just want to be a good son, a good daughter. I want people to know that you are with me and not against me. That you are for me and not against me. I want people to know that that God is with that man. Amen? We're going to pray for his presence. Lord, you go with me. Because if you don't go, I ain't going. I ain't going. I'm tired of living outside of your presence. That needs to be your attitude when you pray. The reason I'm getting up in the mornings and praying and the first thing I do is is just start off my relationship with Jesus. It's the very first thing I do. Sometimes it's, it's worship music. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's thanksgiving. Sometimes it's in tongues. Sometimes I crack open the word, but I'm making sure that I'm giving him my first fruits every day. Because I want to start right. Amen. I want when my feet hit the ground, I want to be in the presence of God. Knowing that I'm going today in his presence. And then I'm believing that he's going to protect me. And I'm praying for his protection. Lord, lead me not into temptation. But deliver me from the evil one. Right? I don't have time to fight with the devil. I'm trying to build God's kingdom. Amen? And we're going to build this kingdom. In this region. In this city. In your families, in your workplaces. The job you got is the job you're supposed to have. You want to get out of that job? Get everybody saved at the job. God will probably move you on to something else. Pray your way out of that thing. Live your way out of it. You with me? Your will, Lord, not mine. So when we start off our prayers, when we pray, when we start our days off, Lord, not my will, but yours. It's laying my life down, my ambitions, my goals, my desires, and saying, Lord, I I put all this aside. What do you want me to do today? What do you have for me today? How can I serve you today? You see, I want to leave you with this image, this last image. When Jesus was in the garden and he was sweating blood, he was laying down his life. You remember what he prayed? Lord, if you can, would you take this cup from me? Can we figure out a different way to do this? Can we, can we try something else? I mean, I'm, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm... But then you see his heart change in that story. And his heart say, you know what, Lord? Not my will, but yours. And I, I can't help but think if that's what Christ did, 
then that's what I'm going to have to do. Amen? Lord, not my will, but your will. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for this word. Lord, we want to be people that that live not my will, but your will. Lord, when we talk to you, it's your will, not my will. When we come into your presence, when we come into your throne room, it's not my will. Lord, I want to understand what you mean by this. Help me to understand this, Lord. Help me to see it your way. Lord, I want to get closer to you. I'm not trying to get you closer. I want to get closer to you, Lord. Father, I need you to protect me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lord, I want to be in your presence. I want to be a great steward of the influence that you've given me so that you can increase my territory, enlarge my territory, Lord. That others would see me and come to Christ. That others would would read my life and come to Christ, Lord. And Father, bless me so that I can be a blessing to those around me. Put something in my hand to give away, Lord. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I ask that you would just change our lives with it. Wreck us, Lord. Stir us up, Father. If your word says we have not because we ask not, then the opposite is true, that if we ask, we have. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you for laying down your life and showing us that it's not his will. It's not your will. It's not my will. But it's your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.